Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of iZombie Radio. Uh, I'm Chris King, one of your three co-hosts. I'm joined here, as always, with Blaze Hopkins and Sean Carpenter, two friends, my two co-hosts. Blaze, how you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm pretty uh, tired. I've had a like long weekend and start to the week, but uh, you know, as always, enjoy doing this. So it's a nice breather. Sounds good. Glad to hear it. And definitely like a, a fun episode to get you energized to talk about too. Um, you know, you'll be you'll be dancing like Robbie by the end of it, man. Uh, <laughs> um, and then Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I just started as a Lyft driver yesterday and made some money. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I about that. Yeah, I would have been broke until Thursday, and I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow. So, kind of need money for foods. Yeah, you were just telling us you and your girlfriend are celebrating. What? How? How long you guys been together now? Three years. Nice. All right. Mazel yeah. Man. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'll be, can't can't beat Disney as a way to celebrate, man. No, not at all. Awesome. Especially when we're Disney bounding as Star Lord and Gamora. It's gonna be fun. There you go. There you go. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. And I'm on spring break this week, so no complaints from me. Uh, you know, been able to sleep in a little bit more and. Uh, Get some things around the house done and everything, and, and just working from home. So, uh, yeah, you know, so I'm doing uh, doing doing well as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, so and I think another reason why we're all in a, a pretty good, excited mood was because as I kind of hinted at before, we got a hell of an episode to talk about. Um, so last <laughs> episode, we're, we're we're recording this on on a Tuesday. Uh, not sure when you guys will hear it, probably sometime later in the week, Thursday or Friday. But uh, So yeah, last night's episode, this week's episode, uh, part one of a two-parter, Brainless in Seattle, part one, obviously a, a kind of fun play on Sleepless in Seattle, um, a, a classic a classic rom-com. As a unabashed rom-com fan, uh, I, I'm, I enjoy that episode title, just like I enjoyed the whole episode last night. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I think really we can kind of divide this whole conversation really into like this was one of those episodes I thought where like everything iZombie does well, like it, all the kind of different genres it hits, it, it nailed all of them. And really, I think you can break it down into two or even potentially like three kind of kind of you know areas of last night where there was like there was comedy, there was obviously some drama. And then there was even there was even some horror elements uh, mm-hmm. as well, especially near the end of the episode there. Um, so I guess out of those three, I just want to ask you guys, like, which which one you guys want to start with? We can kind of hit all three, kind of generally. I can generally talk about like those those aspects of the episode. Is there anyone you guys want to start with? You want to start light with the comedy? You want to head right into like the more horror aspects of it? <laughs> like, what are you guys thinking? I think we should end on the high note with the comedy. <laughs> All right. Well, all right then. Well, then, Sean, let's get started with you then. With like, I guess the more kind of horror aspect, the horror elements we got, especially in that last sequence, man. We have. Blaine. Oh jeez. Yeah, that was that was some. As I said in my review last night, like 
Despite how charming David Anders can be, man, we you can't forget that Blaine is still the ruthless villain we met back in season one, and what he did to uh, poor old Anthony was yikes. Yeah, dare I say that like he's at an all new level of despicable. Like he was a really, really bad guy beforehand, but now he's just. <sighs> maniacal almost like he is borderline mad villain at this point because it basically confirms what we all thought he has the cures and he's using them as a torture mechanism and killing people to find knowledge using the cures like holy crap yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I'm glad you brought up the fact that him having the cures was another kind of big reveal there. Blaze, were you satisfied with that reveal? Did you think it was like too much of the obvious choice? Were you? Um, I mean, I was fine with it. I think that it makes sense. You know, Blaine's always been sort of just like Sean was saying, like the mad villain of the you know series and everything. And I think it feels fitting, just because to me it's this weird parallel of like. I think it's an interesting spot that the show, you know, Blaine is the one who caused everything, and now he holds the cure for everything. And, you know, I I, kinda, I just like that through this fourth season and everything, like that's where the show, it feels right, I guess, that uh, he would have those, you know, all of the syringes and everything. But, yeah, I was... um. It was menacing. I mean, that final scene was very... It was just... Between the music and, obviously, like, the very graphic scene, like, I definitely dug it. I really liked, uh... I don't know. It was a very Blaine moment to me, so I was pretty satisfied with it. No, I... And I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like, that... I think that was the thing, too. It was... I mean, I mean we've seen a zombie, obviously, be graphic. Like, you can't have a zombie show mm-hmm. without it being violent, but... I think that's what kind of struck me about the scene too, and and I like what you say about Blaine now having the cure, and, and we don't know for sure if he's the one who stole it. Maybe Donnie stole him last season, and and it kind of gave it to Blaine as part of their business type deal. Um, we don't know, uh, but then yeah, we we have that kind of like stunner of a scene, and then we kind of go into something else that that Blaine uh, has has been in the past before, which is this reveal that. Um, Oh, God, and forgive me, I don't have my notes in front of me. Was it Bruce was the guy's name? Yes. Uh, that he's a serial, like, he's a serial mm-hmm. killer, that he's done what he's done, or what he tried to do with Annie uh, numerous times, you know, and that kind of, again, one of those, like, chilling scenes where, you know, Liv and Clive find all those remains in the incinerator. Um, and that's what I, I mean, and I love that, again, you know, this is like a, I like that this is a case that's going to pour over into two episodes because it feels like a big enough case that it should. Um, but yeah, what, what was your guys' reaction, either of you, to like the fact that they're dealing with a serial killer? And, and what do you think is, uh, is Bruce's motives here? Does he have any type of motive aside from just killing? Is he, is he kind of one of those coyotes that uh, Mama Leon was talking about where they try to steal their organs and, and that's it? Or or do you think it's a little more sinister for for uh, Bruce? I'm thinking it's a little of both. 
he's doing it because he is a downright despicable human being, but he's also making a buck at the same time because Seattle's in need of brains. There are so many people going hungry and so many people who are going to pay top dollar for literally a medulla oblongata, just a piece of the brain. Yeah, especially if it's mind brain. Yeah, mind brain, which by far <laughs> we need to have an entire entire just <laughs> sequence of Donnie on mind brain. Yeah. Uh, he, he wasn't even on it at that point, too. That's the best part. Yeah, we just need that entire sequence because it'll get him to shut up for a couple seconds. Uh, <laughs> dude kind of talks a little more than I do, which is kind of scary. Um, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's doing it because he loves to kill, but he's also doing it because he's turning a huge profit. Especially because he gives it to someone who then gives it to the supplier, who then brings it to Blaine. And the dome or whatever. Yeah, I think he's... I mean, to me, again, I think it's interesting because I feel like this is a just different parallel of almost what Blaine was doing, you know, with all the um, the homeless kids, sort of, and uh, or you yeah, know, back in, back the trouble kids. One, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, I find it interesting because the show has gotten to this point where it can sort of flip the idea of something like that, and you know, now um, have this character. But it's interesting. Like I, you know, it's. I really enjoy that they've given us something kind of so dark um, right off the bat. I think that there's going to be more to things um, and more to his character. I definitely think, like Sean said, you know, he's going to be... It's going to be a little bit of both in terms of he just enjoys the job he has and uh, but is also going to be compensated for it. Now, how that further develops, like, who knows, but um, yeah, I definitely think there's going to be more to him, especially the fact that um, the character's introduction is a part of a two-story arc, even. Um, you know, I think to me that says it's the first one we've gotten this season and everything, and it was a, a pretty big reveal, especially where it ended and everything. So I feel like uh, I think there's a lot more to this, whether we get... Uh, introduced to further parts of the food chain and this is sort of the uh, big villain or sort you know um, I guess big bad of the season I, I think I'd find it pretty interesting and I like that it has this uh, this different tone to it especially in a world that we're unfamiliar with I don't know this episode I thought really shed just a new light on kind of some of the deeper, darker aspects of, like, the whole Seattle, New Seattle crisis and everything. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. To me, to me, this is the episode where New, New Seattle kind of really crystallizes and, and starts to feel like a, like a very vibrant kind of real place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, what you guys are both talking about, you know, Sean, you mentioned the, the brain shortage, and, and Blaze, you kind of mentioned, like, who are who is the big bad this season, right? And I think both of what you guys are saying is it kind of leads us into that other section of this episode, which I thought was really strong, which was um, the the kind of more dramatic aspects of it, particularly with um, with this conversation with uh, with Mama Leon, um, and and this fact that like 
there are these like um, like these kind of rival, you know, they call them coyote groups, you know, that there's the ones that are led by her, which we saw like even what she did for, for Anthony before Blaine killed him, where he had Parkinson's and she turned him. Um, and or uh, you know, and she even mentions like we uh, we can't forget about like the Andes in the world and things like that. And again, we're we're dealing with like a with a really big. There's, I mean, the show's never been shy to be like never. Uh, Zombies never show they're shy away from being political or being socially relevant with like what's going on in today's world. But we got like a refugee crisis. We have a food shortage. And, like, these are things that I think are what are really going to drive the rest of the season forward. And they're, they're bigger ideas that I think the show's really played with before. Um, and I think there's a lot of dramatic weight to them. I mean, again, I just go back to that conversation between, um, between Liv and Mama Leon near the end of the episode. I just, like, again, uh, between Annie's storyline and the story we got uh, involving the, the chef's six sons, uh, in last week's episode, the, the the show's writers are doing a really good job of really humanizing and personalizing, I think, the stories this season uh, to make us care about these these residents of New Seattle, you know? Um, to kind of put the, put us in their shoes. Like, what if your loved one lives outside the city? Or you connect with somebody, you know, like, hey, for example, like, Blaze and I live, you know, in the same area, Sean, you live in California. Yeah, we see we you know we see each other probably once or twice a year when we're out there. But if if we were walled in, we'd never be able to see. You know, like that's the thing. Like just like this idea of like just being kind of cut off from you know important people in your life. You know, or you know whether it's family, whether it's friends. Um, did you guys find that as compelling as I did? Were you did you want more from it? Are you excited for more in the season? Um, what, what were your thoughts overall? I'm definitely excited for it. Um, I think it's, I don't know. I like that there's this, uh, general focus on, I guess these interesting and still somewhat grounded issues, I guess. Like, and I like that it's, uh, focusing on, uh, I guess, like, youthful characters so far, between, it seems like, younger, you know, all younger zombies trying to get out, for whatever reasons, with having the, you know, the young child, um, in the previous week, and then, um, you know, what was it, Annie's character, uh, this week? Yes, yeah, um, Annie was trying to get, trying to get in, because of, uh, Alan was the guy's name, correct, that she was trying yes, to get yes. Okay. And then the Brit- Played Bridget. by Sam Huntington. Yep, yep. Exactly. Uh, good old Sam Huntington. <laughs> Featured in the Psych movie, being human, bunch of other good stuff. He has a very recognizable face. Sure. <laughs> yes. He's fun. Yeah, but I just think, um, I don't know, I really like what they set up in this episode as a whole, and I think it's there's going to be a lot of fun uh, things to dive into. The other thing that um, this whole storyline, I th- I guess, brought up to me is, again, kind of in relation to Major. I'm definitely thinking that if, as this grows, um, it'll be sort of the the driving factor to uh, start making him help Liv and Clive and everybody. Because now, you know, rather than 
it just being about like live smuggling a zombie outside of new seattle um you know it becomes no somebody's killing like our kind basically and uh and with major getting all of these i guess pers- having all these personal incidents happen just with you know the new recruit scratching somebody in rage mode and uh like the chance of that going viral and stuff he's i feel very just like grounded so far in this season in terms of um him just being literally being a foot soldier almost uh, if that makes sense i guess he's seeing just all these street level things happen i mean even in the first episode you know when his team gets uh like Maltov cocktailed um and i don't know i i think i'm very excited for his character because i think these are going to be things that all personally hit home with him definitely and he obviously is very much connected to chase graves and then we see chase graves kind of blame to try to get renegade who is who's mom leon so like all the all the connective tissues there already and we're only in episode three um which is really exciting um and yeah i, I think I, I get what you're saying blaze and i and i think and i, I guess I, I want your i want your thoughts on this too sean do you, do you think we're gonna see more of these like personal like kind of tragic stories like are the cases of the weekend become more and more tied to this to this refugee you know border kind of crisis that we're having or or do you think we're still going to have like the fun kooky ones like we did last you know partially last week with uh you know the the dowager getting hit and the getting killed with the golf ball both that that that's all um honestly no (laughs) honestly having both creates that dynamic that the show's been known for it has those very serious elements when it needs to. But then, you know, just around the corner, you're going to get someone who gets shot in the face by a golf ball cannon. You know, just, you know, simple, casual stuff like that. Because well, iZombie oh, is going to have those personal moments to sort of drive characters forward in their own personal narratives. And then it's going to have those one-off episodes where, the case of the week is ridiculously silly that like, why did, how did this happen to this person to cause them to die? Definitely. And I think that's a, that's a great segue into the kind of the silly aspect of this episode. I mean, it does, does tie into some, some potential dramatic moments down the line, which I think we can, we can touch on as well. But the comedy in this episode comes from Annie's brain because she's a hopeless romantic. She's a rom-com lover. And, uh, and thus turning the episode into the actual Zomdram rom-com that we've all been waiting for. Yes, yes, very, very much. Uh, Savage, Savage Garden music included, and uh, makeover montages galore um, with RuPaul music, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Girlfriend was the one who identified that, and she was so delighted. <laughs> and got that entire sequence my gosh well yeah then let's i mean let's dive into i i do want to talk about lib specifically at some point but just uh because i think the brain this week and kind of what they did with the brain this week uh was a lot better than what we've seen in the past two weeks and, and i do want to talk on that but before we get into that part of it 
just from both of you, like kind of comedy highlights from the episode because, I mean, there was there was so many, and I think this was one of Rose's best performances for it. Um, but also, you know, everyone kind of got to get, get in on the fun. Um, so yeah, either of you, Blaze, Sean, either one can start us off. Kind of what were your what were your highlights from the episode from the comedy standpoint? All right, so as Sean said, I think for me, my favorite part was the Don E. Um, mind brain. Just because <laughs> such an unexpected moment, but something that I think I would be able to just fall in love with if it took up a whole episode. <laughs> Even if he was just in the background and he was always on that brain, the things they could have him do are endless. Blue brain, <laughs> mime brain. And he's just in the background of every important scene, yeah. just miming. But um, nothing else. Like, he has no other purpose in the episode, but just to be a mime. On the other hand, I think definitely uh, uh, the uh, Ravi fashion sequence. I think that has to be... Yeah, that that whole, that whole makeover montage was was pretty special. That was, I literally like sat there and wrote in my notes, I can't believe they're doing this. Um, because I was, especially, like, it was great just seeing uh, Rahul, like, just do his thing. Um, but but the expressions made by both Alan Mashaka and Rose McIver as Peyton and Liv in that scene, their reaction shots made it mm-hmm. so good. Um, yeah, God, that was, and it was so unexpected. I think too when they're like when he was like oh I can't go out I thought she was just gonna be like oh no like I have some of Major's clothes here and it was gonna be like a simple like force him to go out thing and just that they took that idea and ran with it was utterly utterly brilliant. Um, Sean, how about you? Before I divulge any more of my favorites. Well, obviously we're all in agreement on the fashion scene. At one point, Ravi did end up dressing as Rahul would do normally, which was just a nice little subtle callback to when Rose, well, when Liv did tanned and died and just literally just looked like Rose McIver. Yeah. As opposed to being Liv. Definitely. There was another fun one too uh, of him because he's like all the people have been uh, some of the fans have been clamoring that he should play the next James Bond, and they had the James Bond-esque one. Yeah. Uh, that was that was fun. I feel like a little bit of like his blocking and movements were improvised, which is why he would do something like the James Bond thing. Because it, it obviously it could have been written into the script that way, but it felt more like a genuine oh, I'm in this thing, people are going to like it, I'm just going to do it and see what happens, and they managed to keep it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, he just tweeted out the, uh, the James Bond thing the, uh, last night, which I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, that's just, I think that's also just his personality coming through. Yeah. Um, and the other fun one, it other favorite, it's kind of a multitude of scenes, Every single time that Liv would just fall in love with <laughs> another person and the music was playing, it got me cracking up. 
because of how cheesy and awful the music was. <laughs> like, it fit the scene perfectly because she's on Hopeless Romantic Brain. Um, but Sa- Savage Garden is a gem. They are classic <laughs> generational artists. How dare you call them cheesy? <laughs> no, it is cheesy. Uh, I, there's no... <laughs> you know what? That, this is another conversation. I'm, I'm just kidding. It's another conversation we'll have in the future. Um, yeah, if we, but... ever, if we, if we ever start an iZombie Radio Patreon, that will be a, that will be a special Chris and Sean music debate episode. <laughs> Blaze will be there just to throw in his two cents every once in a while. Um, but, I mean, there was a lot of just moments not necessarily scenes but lines that really got to me which this is coming off of me recording one of my favorite episodes like a podcast about my favorite episode of psych which had moments like that as well and this sort of fit that because it sort of made live into a sort of soap opera character and the episode i talked about yesterday was the Spanish soap opera episode. So we all know how soap operas are. They're very overdramatic. Like, <laughs> you take the melodrama you find on a normal CW show, and you just keep adding more and more drama, sleeping with the pool boy and such. Those sort of stereotypes. And that's what these two episodes sort of felt like side by side. Sleeping, At least... with, the, sleeping with the pool boy is another classic storyline. <laughs> but no, I, I, I totally, I, to, I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, yeah, but, and but I, I will say, and I, I, I'll get into a couple of my smaller kind of favorite moments after this. But because um, you bring up about how Liv was behaving, the one thing I loved about this episode, though, Liv was still Liv. Um, when yeah, when she when. Clive, like, was like, oh, do you know any way we could contact, like, you know, get in contact with these coyotes? She was like, yes, I do. And she reached out to Mama Leon. When she has the vision of the incinerator, she leaves them right there. She wasn't being, uh, like, in last week, where she was kind of being a hindrance to the investigation, this week she was still being lived more, like, empathetic, determined, active, and I was so happy about that. Um, even even in that hilarious scene when she has Jimmy the sketch artist draw uh, was it Tim from the Tim. bar? Yeah. Tim. Which, I don't understand how the iZombie writers still find ways to make stuff with the sketch artist funny and yet boom, here we go again. But then she's still like, Oh yeah, 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 we we, we should I should give you that other description. Um Yeah, I I thought that was that was great. Um, and then, and then I loved, there was one where, uh, she walks in and she first has that, like, you know, when the, when the music plays with, uh, Alan, the, the, the boyfriend they're inter- interrogating and she, and Clive goes, is that a vision? And she goes, yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> and, and then there were, there were a couple other funny moments with Clive and, and, and her, uh, the first one was when Robbie made some type of joke and then, and. Clive was like, you know, the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, later when Clive was like, I've got something that's going to blow your brains. And he's like, wait, scratch that. And both Liv and Robbie were like, 
come on, man. Dude, too soon. Yeah, too soon. Like that was uh, that was great. But uh, but no, more uh, quickly. I just want to get into this. Like, do you guys, what do you guys think about Liv's behavior this week? And just like, do you think this was more kind of fitting from what we've seen from my zombie before? Because I feel like the past couple of weeks they've leaned a little too heavily into into the brain personality and have kind of lost Liv as a character. I think they I, were. I thought they were just ahead. able to make this one flow better. Um, if that makes sense, to, I mean, to me, it's just. I don't know. In the the past two, I just thought, you know, the way that her on the brain would interact with other characters and how it might play into the whole story. It just. It, I guess it didn't hit as well for me. Would be the easiest way to put it, but. Um, this week I thought it was just all spot on in how they flowed the brain in and out. And I just thought that um, the when things got serious and we, you know, did hear some of Liv's inner thoughts, it it sounded again more just more like her and everything. Um, which I think helped. So I don't know if it was just the if you'd call it more the balance, but to me just overall flow uh, of the brain and its impact on the episode. Um, in terms of, like, where it leads them, you know, the interactions of the characters and, like, how it gets everybody involved. Um, I don't know. Oh, no, definitely. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, balance is the word I would use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, Sean, how about you? Do you, do you agree with, with Blaze, Blaze's thoughts? Like, what do you, what do you think? I... I feel like the last two weeks definitely had the brain play more, the brain play live rather than live play the brain. And what I mean by that is like the brain took more control over the situations than Liv did. And yeah. as, as you've mentioned, she seemed more herself with just this silly coat of rom-com slathered on her face. Um, and that's what iZombie is is to me. It's Liv still figuring out how to be her, despite the fact that she's now on old man brain or dad brain or, you know, zombieist brain, zombieist Seahawk fan brain, you know? whole slew of different brains she's able to come through unlike with the zombie seahawk brain that's different but that's just an example um she she manages to pull through and snap back to it when she goes off kilter for the most part with a few exceptions the blue brain episode um because of what a blue brain does to a zombie and the last two weeks for some weird reason so I'm glad we're getting getting back to this, and hopefully we can stay on this sort of brain personality, like slight shift as opposed to complete swap. No, definitely, yeah. Just again, the balance between the brain, the the, the brain personality and Liv's personality. I just want that kind of that balance. I still want the humor. I still want the, you know. I want her to, you know, if she wants to change her style, if she wants to say goofy things, I'm all for it. Um, 
is even something, and this is really the last thing I want to talk about uh, for me personally, because even something like a scene where I think was great was, uh, where I think, again, was a perfect merger of the two, was when Liv tries to set, like, sort of set up Clive with that new recruit after she sees Basio apparently cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll I think we'll find out next week that unfortunately she wasn't or I, I mean I thought that I want Fazio to cheat on Clive I wouldn't want that but that they've come to some arrangement I mean that's just again my hypothesis from what we heard at Comic Con and and everything that's my guess um, but I thought that was like a really fun scene where like she was trying where again that was live live on the who's not on the wrong com dream I don't think would like try to set them up like that as much. Um, but yeah, that, that was a fun one. And then, so I guess, uh, if you guys have thoughts on that scene, but also just the, the Basio Clive storyline in general, like, what are you guys thinking about it? Are you uneasy about it? Cause that was the one part of the episode where I was like, I think everything else was firing on all cylinders. And then that part was like, ah, why are we still doing, uh, you know, yeah, anyway, that, that was my two cents on, on it anyway. Um, no, I agree with you. I mean, to me, it's just, it feels like, I don't know, it feels like they're forcing kind of this conflict on Clive and Basia's relationship just to, I guess, give them something more, I don't know, just give them something to occupy their, like, screen time a little more. Um, so, I don't, I don't know, I definitely think that the two characters are better than that and better than, like, res- I guess, just resorting to that situation. Um, so, we'll see. See how long it lasts, I guess. For sure. Sean, any thoughts on it? I mean, not really. Um, because <laughs> you guys sort of covered it. Like, I don't really have much else to contribute to this. Do you think, it, I, do you think you it could actually be that she's cheating on him? Do you think it could go any other way than... Part of me wants to say yes to drive up the drama, but, again, that's some soap, soap opera-level <laughs> nonsense. And I don't know if this show's ready for that. But wouldn't it fit this type of episode with this type of... Oh, event? it would. <laughs> but there would be consequences outside this episode. It's not going to be a self-contained sort of story. It's going to have lasting consequences on the remainder of the remaining nine episodes once we get past this two-parter. So, unfortunately, I feel like that would be that would be too much jumping the shark for this sort of style of episode. Um if the show wasn't as serialized as it was, if it took a more, again, referencing another show, if it took a more psych approach where each episode is in essence self-contained, where you can do sort of silly nonsense like a self-contained soap opera rom-com episode without having any real lasting consequences, then sure, by Hello? 
<laughs> so, no, I cut out. Yeah, my Xbox controller decided to just turn off on me. But continuing <laughs> on, um, I feel like it's going to be an arrangement, but weirdly enough, it's going to make Clive uncomfortable to talk about it like he knows she's cheating on him, even though it is a prearranged, it would probably be a prearranged sort of thing. So he doesn't want to talk about it because he would be it. Clive would probably be the type of person who doesn't want to discuss relationship stuff unless it's with Ravi trying to trying on a variety of hats. Um, after eating a, a nudist brain. Uh, sorry, yeah. a naturalist brain. My bad. No, yeah, unless he's unless he's unless he's asking Ravi for uh for uh maybe not medication but for maybe some other type of advice. Yeah. No, I definitely that, that scene from last week still so good. Um yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying, Sean. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I just whatever happens, I just don't want Fazio and Clive, I just, if they break up, I just don't want it to be ugly. I just don't want it to be bad. Um, but we'll see, you know, we got next week. <laughs> uh, and, uh, also, uh, I, I will, I forever now want to call them, uh, Bive and Clazio after Liv drunkenly did. Uh, so if we, if, if you guys want to like, just keep that going for the rest of the podcast, for all future podcasts, just swap their names. I'd be down for it. Just, just an idea. Just an idea. I might just do it accidentally. Because <laughs> okay. I, I botch the English language like no other human being can. Hey man, it's a, it's a skill. It's a skill. And I'm uh, supposed to be an expert communicator. I mean, I got a freaking degree in communications. That's all right. That's all right. You know, you do a lot of podcasts, man. Sometimes you're gonna, sometimes you're gonna say the wrong, you're gonna say the wrong and word every once in a while. I work. Two customer service jobs where I will easily botch the human the human English language. <laughs> the human language. What? Uh, all... No. 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 Bad. Bad. Okay. Uh, so, uh, real quick, before we wrap up here, guys, any other thoughts, any other scenes or moments you guys wanted to talk about uh, from Brainless in Seattle Part 1? We got Part 2 coming next week, but uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk on? More Ravi twerking. <laughs> We're doing the ro- doing the robot, man. <laughs> doing the robot slightly awfully, which yeah, is yeah. fantastic. To show to show Liv that she's not the the loneliest, saddest person in the club. Um, well, and yeah. then she met Tim, so you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe she'll know. run into Tim again. Who knows? Uh, I lo- oh, also real quick, one line I forgot to bring up. When she tells Alan that, like, oh, all my boyfriends died in, like, terrible ways or something like that. Yeah. I forgot forgot to mention that in my review last night, but that was such a great meta joke. I I love that. That was (laughs) uh, so good. That's probably why he didn't show up. Yeah. Thank you for that one, iZombie Writers. Thank you. Um and, uh, yeah, and hopefully we'll get more more gems like that from Liv next week because she's still going to be on on the, the rom-com Hopeless Romantic Brain. Um, Heart-shaped uh, chocolates. Oh, fun yeah. times. Boys, they kept the food thing going for you this week. I know. 
<laughs> I'm into it. I know. I seriously though, I was watching the episode last night, and I know you. I know you weren't watching it live, so I didn't want to text you. And like, I literally wanted to be like, "Oh no way!" I was like, "You're the first person I thought of." <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, but uh, all right then. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week, guys. Uh, quickly, I just want to let uh, Blaze, Sean, and myself tell you where you can find us on the internet. Um, so, Sean, why don't you start us off? Uh, Twitter at Snarky Sean. Other social media platforms, pretty much the same. Um, I don't do the Snapchats or the Tumblers, so yeah, you won't find me there. Um, my other podcast, the one that I made reference to, Delicious Flavor, a Psych Rewatch podcast. Um, we talk about Psych, and that's about it. That's the tagline I use every time I open the show, um, because it's basically what we do. <laughs> um the episode that we recorded yesterday probably won't be out until, eh, I want to say September, with how our release schedule is going. I could be wrong, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> because we record so many episodes in advance and then forget to release them. But, um, yeah, if you like Psych, if you like this show, and you want another show recommendation, recommend that. If you got Amazon Prime, whole series is there for you. Have fun. See you in a couple weeks. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got the Geekishly Toku podcast where it discuss superheroes, both of the Toku or the comic book variety. If you need to know what Toku is, go Google it. You'll instantly see a picture of a Power Ranger. So that's what you'll that's what you'll probably latch on to. And my stuff at the Marvel Report. Mostly about pop vinyls. Still haven't gotten Yondu. So, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'll update you guys next week. <laughs> Sounds good. I just, I just need to get that uh that Ray and Kylo two pack man from from Last Jedi. That's just the. I think after that, like I mean, I just don't have any space for any more Funkos, uh, but uh, Funko Pops. But that them from Snoke's throne room. That's uh, that's that's going. That's that's being bought and that's going on my Star Wars shelf in my room. Yeah, but, uh, my girlfriend just bought Meg from Hercules because they nice. just released their Hercules line today. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. The one with him on Pegasus looks sick. Oh what? Yeah. How did I miss? <laughs> Oh man! All right, let's get. We're gonna make this podcast twenty minutes longer if we start talking about pops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Patreon exclusive episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, where we all just catalog how many Funko Pops we have, and I think too many. Blaze will beat us all, I believe. But how many wobblers so. do you guys have? Well, you don't exactly. Place? I don't know. I've like really slowed down on collecting. Well, me too. I've got. Wait, I'm what? like. I've gotten really into. If I like spring for stuff, I've gotten more into obviously like the Q figs. I think. Mm-hmm. And blame last year's Comic Con for that. No, dude. I've been. Chris can tell you. I've been a supporter of this of that company for the past like since probably the first Comic Con we went to. Yeah. Which was twenty. Or like the second 15. one. I forget, but. No, yeah, because you got the was the Aquaman Aquaman one. I got the Aquaman one, but even before that, we what did I get? Uh, I forget. I got one before that though. Um, Was it the Batman one? I forget, dude. I'd have to look around. But (laughs) back to Funkos. The most recent thing I bought from them was actually the Imperator Furiosa Rock Candy 
Yeah. Um, Didn't know that existed either. Yeah, I'm see, still that's a pretty penny. Uh, not. It's like it was cheaper than like a decent amount of pops. Hmm. I got it for like I think like twelve bucks. Oh, that's normal pop price. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. Shout out alternate dimensions. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that's the store. I need to go back there. I'm like, I've got like, I'm two pops away from a free one again. So. Um, um. Yeah, anyway, but. Where can where can people find you? Buddy? You know, maybe I'll post a picture of this to Twitter, which happens to be. Appley's Hopkins. How about that segue? Um, segue. You're the segue king. Yeah, and, uh, right? <laughs> yeah you can find me at Blaze Hopkins. Um, I don't know. Talking about comics a lot. I have been very busy, so I haven't really been tweeting or anything. Um, and at the same time, hoping to get started with uh, Comic Convo again. I definitely am trying to organize an episode or two. Um, but again, hopefully my schedule lightens up in the next two weeks. Um, otherwise I plan on jumping back into flash reviews and, uh, this week, uh, I will be doing Riverdale, correct Chris? Uh, yes you will be. Yes. Cause I did it. Yeah. I did it last week. So. Yeah. So you can look for that cause, uh, it'll be my first one since, uh, it's come back. Yeah. And, uh, did you watch last week yet? I did. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 another podcast. That was a, was a, I like I mean I like the episode, but some, some crazy stuff went down. If you're not caught up on Riverdale, yeah. Um, but basically, look out for those uh, through TV Overmind, and uh, that's pretty much it. Awesome, thank you, Blaze. And uh, yeah, guys, as always, you can find me on Twitter uh, at ckinger13. Uh, my eyes on the reviews go up. Pretty much every Monday night, if not Tuesday morning. Uh, I also review Riverdale and Supergirl with ways to take turns, Arrow, and then uh, once it comes back in April, New Girl. Uh, and then if you want any other random stupid stuff from me, it's all on there too. So, uh, yeah, and then you can follow this podcast on Twitter at iZombie Radio. Follow us on Facebook at iZombie Radio. Uh, follow DC TV podcasts and, uh, yeah. And just, uh, please listen to us on any or all platforms, iTunes, um, Spotify, Stitcher. Nope. Not on Spotify. We're, we're on all the good ones. Um, just kidding. Spotify. I like you a lot, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you gotta be invited to go onto Spotify. <laughs> you can't just uh, show up. You know what? Whatever, man. I like Unfortunately, the I like to crash a party. So, uh, but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's it guys. That's it for this week before I ramble too much more. Thank you as always for your support. I'll be back next week to discuss brainless in Seattle. Pop cool.